this is Dr. Rathika Marsh, the spiritual psychologist, and welcome to this beautiful season two podcast series, which is all about healing journeys. We all go through things that can feel really challenging and difficult in our life. And this season focuses on interviews with six awesome beings that I've had the pleasure of getting to know in different areas of my life who have been on their own journeys of healing, of spiritual awakening, of learning and growing from their experiences. I hope that this season really provides you with some hope and empowerment for yourself, whatever it is that you're going through, whether that's anxiety, depression, whether it's to do with a one-off experience that has really impacted on you or a lifetime of experiences that continue to impact on you. I hope you enjoy this season and that you get much out of it please go and check out my website, thespiritualpsychologist.co.uk. I'm so blessed and honoured to invite my good friend Ray, um, who is a colleague of mine that I used to work with as an educational psychologist. He's amazing at what he does and inspires me all the time with his positivity and hope and his journey the reason why I called him onto this podcast today is because his journey is just one that amazes me that continues to amaze me what he has been through and I will hand you over to Ray to share his story Um, And I know that everybody listening is just going to find this so inspiring. And thank you so much for being here to share this with us. Oh, thanks for having me. And um, I'm truly um, honored to be here. Uh, So, yes, I'm Ray. Um, And I suppose uh, my story began last year um, around uh, September of 2019 when literally six days after my last 10k, which I did in Cardiff, um, I just started feeling um, pins and needles in my hands. I thought I just slept funny, so I still went for a run. This was a Friday. And then um, come Saturday, pins and needles sort of spread over my legs and feet. So I got a little bit worried. went to um, the after hours um, doctors here in the UK um, and then they just gave me a different tablet um, which was just to deal with the flu um, and then woke up on a Saturday, uh, Sunday thinking that I'm going to go out and actually buy some trainers for sort of my next season of running mm-hmm. um, and then my legs were just really tight you know when you literally when you get up to go to the toilet yeah. I went up I got up and just fell because my legs both of my legs the back of my legs were super tight oh, wow. so I thought it was just from from running but my wife said you know give um you know 999 the emergency services a call um you know if it's nothing then it's nothing but if it's something at least um you know anyway cut the story short um they sent an ambulance 
um, for me, uh, couldn't walk down the stairs, so they had to carry me, and then went to the ER, um, and then um, I got admitted um, just for checks, mm-hmm. um, and then two day around about two days while I'm in the hospital, I just um, the pain was so excruciating. Nobody could explain what it was, mm. um, and then they were just. They weren't giving me anything at this point so this was the first hospital um and then the pain got so bad uh, around about my fifth day so my fifth day i lost um the i lost the use of my legs oh, wow. um and but but they hurt so bad it's not that they're numb like mm. imagine the worst pain that you can feel times it by 10 um, that's only half of what I was feeling. Anyway, yes. um, so I lost the feeling of my legs, and then 12 hours after that, um, I lost my swallowing, so I couldn't even s- swallow um, even mm-hmm. my saliva. Um, and then, um, so I went through different scans, like CT scans, MRI scans, X-rays. Nobody could find anything. Um, and then the sixth day, um, I nearly very, very close to losing, um, my lungs, um, the use of my lungs. Mm-hmm. I actually said goodbye to my wife. Oh, I really gosh. said, I said to my wife, look, I, I can't take this anymore. And I think I'm going to die. Mm. So, you know, I just, I was just thanking her for everything. And I was saying, no, no, just, this is it. Mm-hmm. Um, Anyway, um, a few hours after that, I was taken to um, the intensive care, um, and then I woke up in a different hospital with um, a tracheostomy, and I couldn't speak. I couldn't move anything at all. I could only half close and half open my left eye. My right eye, I could just about open about a quarter. Wow. Anyway, they they told me that I had what's called Guillain-Barre syndrome, GBS, um, which is an unexplained rare um, autoimmune um, disease, uh, which from, for some reason your immune system attacks your nerves and mm-hmm. the myelin sheaths that um, sort of coats your nerves. They kill it. So all of my myelin sheets on all my whole body, it's just like you know uh, uh, disintegrated. Yeah. Um, which uh, you know I, I couldn't. All of my movements are gone. All of my use of my organs, apart from my heart, mm-hmm. are gone. Even my my lungs have collapsed. Um, so um, when I woke up, this was three days after so i was like out for three days yeah um woke up i was so scared and thinking uh what the hell where am i and oh the nurse said um uh you know good good afternoon um your your wife and your mother has come to see you mm-hmm. i'm thinking do i remember the name of my wife and do i remember my mom and luckily i did mm-hmm. and i started going through sort of my checklist of you know, what's my name, where I live, in my head. Yes. And at this and point, could you communicate? Could you verbally communicate? No. No. No, I can't speak. I can't even open my mouth. Mm. Um, 
so as I've said, I can only open like yeah. one eye. And, and and did you were you mentally completely like aware? Did you feel cognitively able? Uh, most well, yes, yes. Um, I did. Um, I was of course like quite high on drugs. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, quite a lot of medication. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I knew. I immediately knew where I was. Um, I re- I still up to now sort of remember what the nurse was wearing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what glasses he wore and uh, what my mom and my my wife wore. Um, so yeah, they were explaining to me, um, you know, it's going to be okay. Um, this is going to be temporary. You have Guillain-Barre. Like, I wanted to speak. Yes. Um, of course. And um, I wanted to cry because I was like, you know, a, a good two weeks ago, I was running. Mm. And, you know, I was I was fit. I was actually with, with uh, I was due to um, do the Bullock Smithy hike with one of our colleagues, um, mm. literally the day I got taken to the hospital. Yes. Um, it was a 56 mile hike, as you know, for 24 mm. hours. So I was fit to do that. And then, yes. you know, at that point, I was like, what the hell? I'm just lying here and, you know, being so dependent on everyone. Mm. Um, so I wanted to cry, but no tears came out. I oh, wanted to wow. shout, but nothing came out. Mm. Inside, I had a ball of energy that wanted to come out, but obviously didn't. Yes. So anyway, I was like that for uh, September, October, around mid-November. How did you... How did you, I'm just trying to comprehend, how did you manage that? Not being able, having the cognitive awareness and ability to know how you're feeling, but being so physically unwell that you can't speak. Like, how did you manage that to, 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 keep going you know like uh, <laughs> that is amazing well uh, hold that thought because i struggled i yeah, really struggled because obviously none of the nurses knew me then um obviously um and my night nurse um she, she was horrible um oh because um I, it's hard to explain how i felt uh, the only description um, that I that I can sort of tell everyone is that imagine that all over your body you have little um, nails that are sort of very close to your skin, mm-hmm. okay? Like very, very close, thousands of nails close to your skin. And if somebody touches you, mm-hmm. um, imagine those nails being pounded so hard by Thor's hammer. Wow. So, so obviously I can't turn and when, when, when they cleaned me, they have to turn me. So even just the slightest touch, mm. I wanted to cry uh, and I wanted to shout. So um, how did I manage to do? I, I didn't. I didn't sleep for about five days. Mm. I managed about 10 minutes every night. Um, but I think the third day or the second day, my amazing wife have come up with a communication board. I wish I could, um, uh, it's, it's stored somewhere, but anyway, it's, it's not a fancy thing. It's Mm. literally, um, 
a, a side of A4 with um, with letters, um, literally okay. the alphabet. Uh, and so I could just about sort of roll my head at that time. So, you know, if I wanted to say something, you know, she had to like point and if I, you know, if, if the first letter is A, you know what I mean? You um, could, do, so you would just, you would nod your head slightly and she would yeah. know that that's the letter that you're trying yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, um, I felt that I could move my lips, but apparently I couldn't. So it was just flickers. Okay. Um, yeah. And anyway, so um, every time I wanted that uh, communication board, um, I just nodded, um, and then nodded sort of furiously if nobody could understand. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, it took about probably a good two and a half weeks, and no, no, I take that back. Third day. Um, uh, there was this one amazing nurse who um, who learned to um, to use it. So okay. uh, the re- the reason why I'm telling you all of this is that I wouldn't have been able to cope if not for these people. So yes. first of all, my wife, who um, who had the knowledge, obviously, um, as you know, she uh, she teaches primary school, mm-hmm. and in her school there's quite a lot of um, SEN kids. So putting all of that and as well as sort of, you know, our previous conversations into account, you know, she set up this uh, communication board and then she taught the nurses how to use it. And this one amazing nurse, um, Harriet, if you're listening to this, thank you. Um, <laughs> you know, she, she, um, she took the time to really learn how to use it. Um, actually, the, one of the first things that I asked her to do is scratch my head. Um, uh-huh. Because... I couldn't, then it, it was yes. infuriating. Just imagine an itch, yeah. literally, that you can't scratch. So, so yeah, that's that. Um, and it took, as I've said, about uh, until about mid-November, until sort of the uh, my nerves started to get back working. Okay. So I could, you know, at that, that time I could raise my arms, um, mm. and I could just about hold a little ball, um, mm-hmm. sort of pass. Um, you know, from one hand to another. So that was so, like three months after your first symptoms, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was, all this time I was in intensive care. Mm. And um, around about, not around about, because I remember, uh, December the 7th uh, last year, mm-hmm. I lost it again. Um, oh, so at this time I could speak, thank heavens. And mm. while I had a tracheostomy, um, as you know, there's a little balloon inside that prevents you from speaking. So in Oldham, um, this um, uh, doctor, Dr. Palmer, has this um, innovative idea of deflating that cuff mm-hmm. um, so that you can begin to speak, even okay. though your muscles are ridiculously weak. And while you still have that, um, uh, you know, support, breathing support, mm-hmm. um, so anyway, thank heavens I could speak at that time. Um, but I lost everything again. I lost all the movements again. Okay. So at this point, you know, when people say, you know, you, you've, you've got, you've hit rock bottom. I mm. thought that was, the, you know, that September when I woke up in the ICU. So I realized at that time when I lost everything again, 
rock bottom as a fucking basement. Sorry for swearing. Yeah, uh, you know. you're allowed to so, swear. It's okay. <laughs> okay, so so it's like uh, this. It, it can't be any lower than this. Mm. So uh, at that uh, about uh, two days after that, um, actually, I take that back around. But um, it was the 14th of December actually that I've lost everything again, mm. um, and then. On the fifteenth of November, uh, of December, I said um, just a little bit more. I'm gonna ask the doctors to shut everything down. Yeah. Because I've given up. Mm. This is it. Um, I I can't. I, I I couldn't take it anymore. It was just. And you know, at that time, um, I was I was just done. Like mm. literally done. Because. You know, from September up until then, you know, I was using mindfulness techniques. Yes. I was using grounding techniques. Mm. Everything that I've learned throughout, you know, my study of psychology from A-levels to doctorate until after. Yeah. I was using everything. But I told my wife that and she's like, hell no. You know, you, you, I'm not letting you go. Mm. Um, so what they did was they told our our boss, you know, because uh, they used to come regularly, um, mm-hmm. him and my then line manager, and they came um, that they just tried to cheer me up. Uh, they didn't succeed. Uh, yes. I just, I still said, you know, thanks, but this is it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, what kind of got, got me out was um, a FaceTime call with my sister, mm-hmm. um, who, who lives in Japan, she works in Japan, um, and she said to me, do you know what, like, you're not the type of person who would give up. Yes. You actually like, you know, making it difficult for yourself, <laughs> you know, and you actually enjoy that challenge. So if you're giving up, you're not being yourself. Oh, wow. I was like, Oh, yeah. That (laughs) is powerful. And all this time, I can see that she's hiding her tears because, I mean, who wouldn't? Yeah. Because we're very close. It's just just, um, her and I. um, We don't have any other siblings. At that time, um, I said, look, okay, let's let's give it another go. And then a few days after that, I was transferred to another hospital who actually knew what they were doing. Um, Mm -hmm. My second hospital, they were great. Um, But my condition exceeded their expertise. Okay, so, yes. Anyway, I was transferred to this hospital, to another hospital, again in ICU, but immediately, you know, from the 17th of December last year until I think it was the 13th of January when, when they finally took my, um, my breathing support mm-hmm. out because I can breathe on my own. Um, you know, they've taken everything out, taken my catheter out, they've taken um, my my sats, my uh, everything that's attached to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my recover, my, my, my um, physical recovery started from there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was moved once my breathing apparatus was out, I was moved out of ICU into a ward. And then again, met some amazing people, especially uh, the physiotherapists there who actually taught me how to stand mm-hmm. again and taught me how to um, eat with utensils again. Yes. Um, and jeez, man, the first time I had toast 
it went everywhere because mm. I, 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 my, my hands are shaking like yes. horribly because I couldn't control it. Mm-hmm. So holding a piece of toast, um, you know, it was with two hands and just to get it into my mouth took me about 30 seconds. Yeah. So, so anyway, from there, um, you know, I got, I learned how to stand with support mm-hmm. um, and actually took my first shower on a wheelchair and this was in like five months later was it this was about five and a half months later yeah Yeah. wow um and then i went to a uh, rehab neuro rehab center where um which was one of the greatest places i've ever been in ever Mm -hmm. um because everything's therapeutic it's like if you think about i mean you and i would know what holistic therapy is Mm-hmm. And that image in your head, that's exactly yes. what that rehab center is. Yeah. So everything there is therapeutic. But anyway, uh, I spent about three and a half um, weeks there where I learned how to walk again. About two days after the lockdown was, the first lockdown was announced, I, I came back home. So that's, a, yeah, that's... that's divine timing, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Can it can we go back to there's just something that really was just so powerful in what you said about in those few days of just feeling that this is it. I can't do this anymore. And then you spoke to your sister and she gave that message of this isn't you being your true self. Mm. Was that what she said? Yeah, 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 yeah. You're not, you're not I mean, being who you are if you're You're not up. being yeah. who you are because that isn't you. Like, I know you and that isn't mm. you. And, like, that is so powerful because, I mean, I think this is... The, the reason why it resonates with me is because so much of what I do in terms of working with clients is around remembering who you are. And often because of trauma or anxiety or whatever it is that's going on for you you forget who you are or you don't know who you are from from because you lost it when you're a child and it's just it's just um so poignant what you're saying about how that you know that there was that moment of remembrance for you that moment of remembering hold on amongst all of this this is who I am yeah yeah Yes, it did remind me of who I am, which I thought I've lost mm-hmm. um, because of obviously I've lost my physical, you know, movements and everything. You know, yeah. my, my back then, you know, I, I thought, um, you know, my body's failed me. I've looked after it for a very long yes. time. I mean, you know how healthy I am. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I've looked after it for a long time and I've lost it. So I've lost me Mm. um Mm -hmm. but uh my sister saying that kind of reminded me actually deep down i Mm. am still who i am sort of emphasizing as well that it's not just my sister who who sort of picked me up it's there's a lot of other people Mm. especially my wife my family 
our colleagues and, mm. and the nurses that I've gotten close to at that hospital and that doctor, Dr. Palmer, I've said to him, um, you know, I'm very close to giving up. And he's like, no, I'm not letting you give up. And, and uh, mm -hmm. you know, he's, he's gotten close to the family. But anyway, um, yeah, it, it's and, and it also issued a challenge to me, mm -hmm. you know, that when my sister said it, it's not you when you give up. And I'm thinking, OK, challenge accepted. Yes. Let's 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 <laughs> let's let me prove my own self wrong. Mm -hmm. I, 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 I sort of stopped giving a shit about everyone else then yeah. outside of my family and and I kind of went in mm. you know I, I traveled in and I said all right let's let's do this and that's like yeah that really hits something deep with me as well what you're saying there that when we go through the most challenging times whatever the experience is in order to get through it you do have to return to yourself it's it's your life at the end of the day. You can have the most loving people around you, but it's your life. And it just sounds like you went on this journey of like, okay, I've got, it. this is about me. You know, that I'm the one that's feeling this. This is about me and me making the decision to fight this and to carry on. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And it is, it reminded me of um, of a quote, um, Viktor Frankl's quote. Um, you know, everything can be taken from a man, uh, but one thing: uh, the last of the human freedom to choose one's attitude in any given circumstances, to choose one's own way. Yes. Um, you know, and and as you know, Viktor Frankl is uh, was a Holocaust survivor, and during that time, you know, that's what he was thinking. Mm -hmm. Everything else can be taken away from you, but your choice. So you're right, you know, go inwards and return to yourself and remember that no matter what, you still have the power to choose. Yes. Even in the time when, I mean, in my time when I couldn't speak, I could still choose what to believe. I could still choose what to think. And that was freaking hard, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and, and I could choose what to feel. Mm -hmm. So... I'm not letting anybody else take that away from me. And um, while in my head at that time, while I still have my mental faculties, I ain't letting go of that. Yes. So. Yeah. And so, Ray, what has your... It sounds like after after you moved to this the next hospital that there was... It sounds like it was quite rapid, actually, your recovery in lots of ways, um, even though you're on... A, a continuous journey with that aren't you like now that you're back at home you've been at home for a few months now haven't you what are the things that have been coming up for you what are the challenges because you know having been through a significant trauma there's I suppose the assumption that okay you're back home now and everything's fine and mm. You know what? Are, what are the things that have come up for you now that you in the post-hospital journey? Mm. Challenges. So um, I'm still dealing with a lot of physical challenges. Um, mm -hmm. So when I came home, I still struggled to walk. Um, I could stand up. I could walk, but I would get tired after thirty seconds. Literally mm -hmm. thirty seconds. Again, I took that up. I took it upon myself to, um, uh, you know, to strengthen my body. But that's, do you know what? 
it's easy you know doing for me anyway you know for, do, doing that um sort of physical strengthening um i've gotten into yoga and and thank heavens for yoga it helped me to stand mm. and and strengthen muscles that i didn't know existed mm-hmm. um but the challenge that's most um there are a few actually but the challenge that's sort of most difficult is to remember that i am not who i was before anymore in a sense that uh so when i'm uh when i'm at my little office now I'm, i'm staring at the window and you know every time i see a runner run past yes. I'm thinking I used to do that I used to be faster than mm. that and it hurts it still does mm. you know um and and when I go out and when I I can run now but very very slowly yeah I'm still thinking I used to be able to do this yeah. I used to be able to do that so um, you're like go- going through a process of mourning mourning yeah. that you know who you were right mm. who you were that you may not be again. Yeah, but that's gone now. I suppose one thing that uh, that really helped and is still helping is self-compassion. So uh, I have a very close friend, uh, Dr. Amanda Super, who's um, by trade is an occupational... Uh, no, I might be butchering it. <laughs> I think she's an <laughs> occupational psychologist. Um, but anyway, she's developed a self-compassion program that she sort of gave uh, me for free. And um, mm. anyway, I mean, you know what self-compassion is, but um, every time I have these thoughts, you know, I I, I, I welcome it and I say to myself that um, <clears throat> it's okay. Um, yes. it, it, it's okay to feel the way that I'm feeling, mm. considering the shit that I've gone through. Yeah. You know, these thoughts are going to come up. Whatever I was before, I may get back there. But if not, yes. you know, it's the journey that matters. Yeah. And it's a different uh, version of you, right? So yeah. you may, may have lost this person who you were, but you've become a new version of yourself. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Throughout my journey, um, I've come to sort of realize, realize quite a lot of things, particularly how, you know, it's, it's, I think it's one of the philosophers, Seneca, I think, who said that it's not that we have, uh, life is not short, if you know how to live it. I'm butchering the code, but, um, you know, y- y- your time is long enough if you know what to do with it. Yes. Um, from the time that I sort of started to change my attitude um, with my il- about my illness, uh, I'm, I'm, I've always been sort of grateful for every single thing. Mm. One of the things that, I, uh, that I'm quite glad about my experience is that because I've experienced what I've experienced, I have a deeper level of empathy for the kids that I work with yes. and the parents that I work with because, you know, I knew what it was like not to be able to move and not to be able to mm. talk. And quite, a, I mean, you know, a lot of the kids that we see um, in our profession have been like that for a long time and probably for the rest of their lives yes. and have only experienced being that way for mm. months. So... Um, so I'm using that knowledge and that experience 
to have helped the kids that, yeah. that I see. What an amazing gift. Yeah. What an amazing insight. Absolutely, absolutely. And we've been through hell and back, but um, I always think every, I mean, even before my illness, every time I have a setback, you know, I always think to myself, what is this experience trying to teach me? Yeah, absolutely. I've got quite a lot of these. I swear to God, I didn't prepare this, but I've got quite a lot of notebooks. I think I've filled five uh, mm -hmm. already about sort of my thoughts and, and, and the lessons, you know, that, yes. I've, that I've learned. It's, it sounds as well that as though there's the physical journey, isn't there? But there's a massive journey here that you've been through around your... Um, like you said, like learning even more that compassion for yourself, learning how to honor your feelings when they come up and honor your thoughts when they come up rather than running away from them and accepting them as normal, you know, accepting that these are normal um, thoughts that you and feelings that you're allowed to have uh, given what you've gone through. Even if you hadn't gone through those things, they're still allowed you know yeah that it sounds like there's been a big journey in for you in knowing I mean you've you've always come across to me as an extremely resilient person but this would challenge the most resilient person it would challenge anyone wouldn't it but it sounds like there's been a, a big journey around yeah your emotional well-being and the management of that, managing what comes up, those thoughts that come up, the negative mind that c that can come in, the ego that can, you know, set in, right? Oh, absolutely. And you're, you're right um, in the sense that, um, I mean, feelings and thoughts um, come up all the time, um, you know, within this hour uh, or within the, these few minutes that we're talking um you know quite a lot of feelings have come up and thoughts but um it is important i always tell myself that it is important for me to realize that it's only natural mm -hmm. these thoughts are natural um and i need to observe these thoughts and accept yes. them and let them go um and the more um, this journey has taught me, I mean, all my life, um, especially this journey has taught me that, um, you know, th uh, that the more I fight these thoughts, the longer they linger. Yes. So um, my, uh, you know, almost always the initial back then, the initial um, response would be, why are you feeling this way? Mm. And you shouldn't be feeling this way. You shouldn't be feeling, you know, positive and all that. And, and the more that, um, you know, I wrestle with my thoughts, the longer they stay. And, and the quicker I say to myself, you know, oh, it's okay. This is anxiety again, or this is worry again, or this mm. is, you know, uh, uh, anger towards what has happened. You know, the more I say that and the more I acknowledge and accept, the easier it is for me yes. to let them go. Yeah, because it's yeah. also the there's something that you're saying there around, you know, that fight with your thoughts that actually it's the it's it's not the thoughts that are the problem. It's the judgment. It's the judgment that we place on the thoughts that creates the suffering, isn't it? 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I one of one of my um, personal bibles is um, the Untethered Soul. I mm-hmm. think it's Michael Singer. Um, and what I got from that is that you are not your thoughts, and you're not. Yeah, you're not your thoughts, and you're not your feelings, but you are the observer of yes. your thoughts. And if you always sit on sort of that observer seat mm. um you know you you uh the easier it is for you to um you know to, for, again for you to accept and to let go um it's freaking hard i am mm. not always on the observer seat and you know there are times when i still shout literally mm-hmm. um but the more or the quicker that i go back to the observer role and catch myself mm-hmm. um yeah the the easier um it is to to return to my sort of normal positive yes. or neutral state and just to finish off if there is somebody listening that's going through something maybe not something similar but going through maybe more of that physical pain and that kind of physical struggle or that is struggling with an autoimmune um, disease, what, what are your reflections on what could support them to get through such a challenging circumstance? Gosh. Um, so first of all, it is a journey to acceptance um, and accept yeah. that you are in the journey to acceptance. Uh, acceptance, not, not giving up, but acceptance of where you are right now, physically and mentally. Yes. Um, whatever you were before, that's gone. That's yesterday. That's mm. yesterday's you. You are who you are now and accept that. Secondly, ask for help. It's not a sign of weakness. It, bloody hell, it took me two months to ask for help mm. in my own way, you know, in, in, in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, so... You know, it, it, it's it's. I know that it's hard, um, but ask for help because mm-hmm. there are people around you that would help you, uh, and reach out. You can reach out to me if you want. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, another thing to do is to look within you and look around you, and start consciously picking out things to be grateful for. Yes. Um, if you can think, if you can hear this, not a, remember that not, not everyone can hear. Mm. If you can see this mm-hmm. and not hear, not everyone can see. If you've got a body, even if it fa- it's failing you, you still have a body, you know. And 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 uh, yes. The, geez, there are a lot of things to be grateful for, and and and, and no, I'm not just saying this. Um, I've lived it, mm. and I know uh, how difficult it would be um, if if you're, you know, at the basement of your rock bottom, uh, to to find something uh, grateful. But again, you know, remember that you are in control still. Yes. So while you've got that control, use it, mm-hmm. um, uh, and, and and use it in the way that you wouldn't regret if you're gonna die in a minute mm. or tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Wow. They're amazing. Those three things that you said were amazing. What an inspiration, Ray. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Um, 
I I didn't even need to say much in this episode because you're you know you just talking through everything that's happened and where you're at now and I know that you have you know a continuous journey with your physical and emotional healing around this and despite that like you're so you're just so inspirational to hear the journey of like hitting that point of wanting to seriously give up to say that's it to being at home and where you're at now being back at work and it's just it's just so inspirational and thank you so much for you know having the bravery as well to show up and to share the story um, because so many people will benefit from this whether they're going through something that is physically traumatic or that they're just feeling they're feeling in that emotional place where they're hit where they've hit rock bottom you know and they want to give up that everything that you've said is just so powerful and I really hope that anyone that's listening to this takes um takes things from it I'm sure they will I hope so too and one last thing that I need to uh, I should really say is never underestimate the struggles that um, the people who are supporting those who are suffering yes. are going through as well mm-hmm. um, and and I hope that just like you you know I hope that um, the people who may be struggling or may be supporting those who are struggling can take something out of this and absolutely um, yeah th- thanks for um, having me on your podcast really you're, appreciate it you're so welcome Ray okay thank you so much you're welcome If you're interested in connecting with me and with working with me on a one-to-one or group basis, then please go and check out my website, thespiritualpsychologist.co.uk for a beautiful range of offerings that I have for you.